You're listening to New Dog Mazine. Hello and welcome to New Dog Mazine for NDZ Live. It is an audio situation. It but, is always an audio situation. But here. now that we're into our teen years, as far as episodes go, I feel like we gotta class it up a little bit. Yeah, we're maturing a little we bit. We gotta you switch know? it up. You know, rage against the machine that we've built. Yeah. Does that mean that we're gonna be a little bit more classy? Probably not. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I won't do what you tell me. I'm here with Grant. This is Andrew. How y'all doing? We're back with Mitch. Howdy. As well as. Uh, the hardest working man in Madison sports podcasting. Wisconsin sports co- podcasting. I don't know when it expanded to Wisconsin, but I'll take it. Yeah. I think it's the fact that it's the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks. I don't want to talk about them right now. Talking uh, Bucks. I happened to glance at your Twitter feed last night, and it appeared to be a little bit of slight meltdown. Just slight meltdown. That was calm meltdown, and that's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, slight meltdown. Emma just didn't talk to me the whole night because she knew I was going to go into a ranting fit. So this morning I was in a better mind, mind, but this is what happens when you win a title. At least it, it decreases the vitriol of said meltdown. I've, so I've talked about this before. Yeah. Is that I'm at the point now where being a Bucks fan for as long as I have been, um, seeing games in the Mecca, right? They've won the title now. Something I never thought I would ever see. Right. And they did it. Whatever happens from here on, I'm good. No, I mean, it would be I mean, great M- if they would Mitch not blow a you know, 12-point lead with about even six then, minutes left. <laughs> we, still, we still saw it. Mitch, I would have to assume being a Cubs fan is very similar for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In 2003, I was 11 years old, and yeah. it was hell. It was hell. Yeah. Like, man. I'm I'm lucky I didn't live in Wisconsin at the time. I'm lucky I lived in Illinois for, for you know for for that very short amount of time. Yeah. But the Bartman game, dude. It yeah. was. I mean, it was all Alex Gonzalez's fault. Let's be let's <laughs> be quite let, honest. There. Let's be fair. I mean, he booted like the very next play. He had a right. Taylor made double play. It was. And he, yeah. and he boots it. That was so. it. And then they should have won Game Seven too. Kerry Wood. On the on the Kerry, Kerry yeah. Wood threw a great game. He had a home run. No one remembers that. No okay. one remembers Kerry Wood hit home run in Game 7 of the NLCS in 2003. Yeah, third inning. Yeah. Qu- question for you guys. What was a watershed or a landmark moment when you were 17? That's what episode we're on tonight. We're actually 17. on 16. You miscounted it in the notes. Did I? Yeah. 16 was the Baron interview, was it not? I thought that was 15A, because when you sent us the the invite, uh, when you sent us the invite on... I see where the confusion on e- is here. On the email, You're it said both 16. Right. Yeah, te- technically, I think we're both right. You're both right. Yeah, because I was saying, Burns' but, interview was 16. Right. But, like, he did send that as 15 and then 15A. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, okay? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna, making I'm this shit up as I go along. I'm going to say this you, is 17. You have, right. you, you have an important job that, like, you know, you spend a lot of time in or something? Nah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. watershed <laughs> moment at 17. 17. 17. Oh, boy. I got to think. What about you? Uh, you asked the question. Why don't you start us off? 17 was the year that I saw the Deftones play at the Barrymore Theater. I was there, I was there yeah. with we, you. We've not discussed with you, this. But we've discussed this. But that was like ran into you in the pit. So. Yeah, that was a moment yeah. in my 17th year that I re- okay. probably remember forever. I think I know mine. Uh, 17 
was the year that I had hit 230 pounds. Uh, and that's, and I wasn't like terribly out of shape. I just was not toned. But that's when I kind of like got really serious about boxing and losing weight. Mm. And uh, that got me into kind of the regiment and the life that uh, where I'm at now. So yeah, that was a big thing for me because that led to so many other things. Yeah. So that's when I got really serious about boxing. So. For me, it was going to Summerfest in uh-huh. 2009. That was the first Summerfest I was able to go. No supervision. My parents were like, okay, cool. Go ahead. We trust you. You'll don't, get home at a decent time. Don't burn the place down. Right. Like, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. So, I, I would remember I saw the fray. That was... Oh, yeah. Remember the fray? Hey, they had some the bangers, fu- all right? The, what the fuck happened to those guys? I've been trying to forget the fray. Well, I'm sure Grey's you Anatomy decided we can't continue paying you to have songs for our yeah. show. But That's I remember true. seeing them, and I remember seeing Hollywood Undead. Mm. Oh, that was a good show. Because I was on one of the free stages. I was at that, was at that show. Yeah. What about you, Mitch? Honestly, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing. <laughs> I... I was on drugs. I, no. <laughs> I I'm so high, guys. No, nah, I I had I had a I had uh, I had a, I had uh, college classes I was taking uh, over the summer uh, before my senior year up through my senior year of high school. So a lot of it's a lot of it's kind of that. Like mm. I mean, I don't know how much you guys know about my high school years, but I was a dullard. I. Uh, I, there just there wasn't there wasn't a lot going on wasn't a whole lot going on so but look at you now you didn't squander your high school education you I got- really did <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see me during college yeah I spent a lot of time outside the school grounds we'll put it that way as I was gonna I, say Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out that year and that's when I realized I could never be a pro gamer because mm. I was trash I was I, playing competitive Pokemon. I think video game wise, 17 is when I got, yeah, that's when for Christmas I got the original PlayStation. Yeah. GoldenEye was out when I was in 17. Yeah, because I would have been a freshman in college. Yeah, I skipped a lot of class to go play that game. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. It's a great game. You know, there's nothing more satisfying when you're 17 years old than uh, just absolutely bollocksing your friends with odd job before we get off on a tangent here favorite weapon to use on goldeneye oh remote mines and then use the a and b trick to blow them up in midair okay grenade launcher grenade launcher <laughs> golden guns in that game right golden gun yeah yeah uh rcp 90 ah i didn't play a ton of goldeneye that so, was the meme so. weapon yeah even yeah. though i own two copies of it now <laughs> So I was a big fan of the RCP90, and like they had like kind of like the 45. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to use, but if you could, I for some reason I knew how to like ain't I I figured out the recoil. Yeah. To where I was able to like use it really well. You know what I forgot to actually announce is who we're talking to tonight as far as our interview. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. I mean, people will read it. They'll see it on the whatever. It's in the title. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope they can read it. Steve's going to be fucked. They're going to know. Well, he could have been here, and then well, it wouldn't have been true. a problem. That's true. That's true. He's hanging with Ludwig. That's okay. Yeah. We are talking with Stephen Payne and Jacob Krull tonight. It looks like Krull. It's pronounced Krull. Krull. Yep. 
at the uh, lovely Robinia Courtyard. Yeah, again. You know, they, they give us this little corner round booth. It's real nice for the acoustics. We've got this wild looking chandelier above us uh, made of wine glasses. Could kill any of us. Yeah, at any moment. At any moment. It'd be yeah. like that sometimes. <laughs> Listeners right now are like, please just do it now. <laughs> uh, there's not a ton to talk about this week. Uh, the, Saturday night was the the Badger men's soccer friendly. Battle for Madison. <laughs> Battle for Madison. Uh you know, there were some standout moments, I feel like, from this game. Absolutely. Some things worth talking sure. about, but not for long. No. Quick popcorn style uh, weighing in on these topics. Because I think it's, you know, when we talked to Matt, and if you watched, if you went to the club's website and saw some of the quotes from Matt, he, he reiterated this. It's, what's the purpose of these games? To get guys' minutes. It's to get guys' minutes. To I get mean, them some fitness. Because it's like, this is one of those things. It's like, you're in the middle of your season. Like you're you're starting to get rolling, yeah. And it's almost like you got to downshift a little bit to come and play this game. Play this game. Yep. Um, it was great to see the starters come out. Oh yeah, you know that that was sort of surprising. I was very surprised. I, I, I was going to say I think the thing I that helps surprised. is create the continuity. Yeah. Because because they didn't have a match this week, it's like you still want right. to keep that going. You exactly. Go, you want to keep that rhythm. And then like you know they played well. Uh, Cheney, you know, Cheney got a goal. Of course. Well, let me explain why I, I found it surprising. Because friendlies in the past, even last year, oh, Glazers in charge. Yeah, absolutely. We we started a whole team of of like guys well, who. Didn't I think really part get of that was because we had our exhibitions kind of not really in off weeks. Like it would yeah. be like three days before or after a match because we Wednesday. had like a we had like a midweek match yeah. or. Or like the exhibition was a midweek. Well, there's also a larger like squad, so you, yeah. a lot of those guys that weren't that playing would get that chance. While yeah. with this year, it is a much smaller squad. So I feel like at least the talking points, and I'll 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 list them out in the order that I saw them happen. Uh, I can uh, the correct you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was in Port Washington while this match happened, so I yeah. didn't I see any of it. It was, uh, yeah. that game was, uh, by the way, it was streamed on, uh, I think it's WSUR. Is that the, the WSUM. Match? WSUM sure. Sports. Uh, Dave, Dave which I was, yeah. Nice. Dave which which nice. I was uh, made privy to a few hours before the match, and so I recorded the entire audio broadcast. Nice. All right. So, so, so you have a radio broadcast this game. Yeah. Nice, dude. We're gonna need to get. We need to get. Did you get that audio? Yeah, that's pretty but good. I will say the the sort of three notable things that I saw. The first was the emergence of Loney Wolfgang Amadeus Prentice. The third. The third. Uh, Second would be Tino Vasquez scores another goal. Uh, Cheney, Cheney also got a goal, so you know but I don't want to diminish that. He scores every game. That's what he does. Francis Juno Baptiste also gets a goal, and uh, if you haven't gone and listened to that yet on the Patreon, if you are, are not a Patreon backer, well, what, what, what are you doing? The fuck you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Like it's, I get it, but come on. But come on, man. It's, it's five f- bucks a month. Like I said, it's a fucking mate. Yeah, but yeah. we. I will say this. And kudos to Kyle and the folks at Feathersong Flamingos partnering with us this last weekend. And I think it's going to be a thing going forward. We'll make all the post-match audio available to everyone via our Patreon. Uh, It'll just be an unlock post for anybody, even if you're not a backer. Right. Uh, 
Um, but Francis had some some uh, interesting things to say. Yeah. And uh, you know he's he's working on getting some fitness back. He seemed excited to talk. Yes, he did. So that we're gonna get, have to get him on. Yeah, we'll get him on. Yeah, good guy. We'll get him on. And he scored the game winner like right at the death. At too. the death. Yeah. So great ball in from Connery on that. Um, yeah, Francis, I felt like did well. Uh, the 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 person I want to talk about in the first half though is Wolfgang Prentice. He actually uh, assisted on that Vasquez goal in the second half. Yep. He looked very lively, and they were playing the ball to him quite a bit. He was sharp. Yeah. Um, he, he had a very good, uh, comfortable nature on the ball. Um, seemed very calm, and just with, with but also it, energetic. And then, but also energetic, like no wasted movements. No. Knew where knew what he was doing, you know. And I thought um, did a great job of just kind of like calming the tempo when it when it needed to yeah and pushing the tempo when it needed to as well agreed great job and this is a guy who he played all of last season with noco hailstorm and honestly he looked yeah i mean if you watch their games you would notice him he's he was like kind of the quiet like he st- he was one of those guys that put stuff together him and arthur rogers he's were, a guy that trevor loves because he's the kind of guy that like yeah. you know that like sticks out legs play and it's like like he's not gonna he's not gonna score a lot of goals I don't think and that's fine shout out you to don't Trev. have to right shout out to Trevor yeah uh, also Tuna Vasquez we mentioned that scored another goal <laughs> the kid yeah uh, the what were you doing that. when you were sixteen years old well I think we were talking about that at seventeen and sixteen that's Jesus Christ. What was I doing at 16? I was barely able to tie my shoes at 16. Uh, probably playing basketball at Riverside Park, which is now underwater, I hear. Oh. Because Cassville is having some massive flooding going on. Jeez. So shout out to uh, the you know my friends from Cassville that listen to this. Um, hope you guys are doing okay. But uh, they'll be all right. You know, we've had, they had floods down there before. They're river people. We're river, we're river rats. That's what happens. Yeah. And so, but no, uh, I was probably playing basketball at the Riverside Park. Can I, can, what do you guys think? Do you think, you know, that type of performance and, and Tino showing that he can score goals in games against tough opponents? Because, you know, let, let, let's not pretend that that wasn't a tough opponent. They, this Badgers team showed up to play. They, they always, always, they always, always want to come in. They always do. I was actually surprised. They're that, fucking uh, scrappy as shit, dude. Like, all the time. I was surprised uh, Flanagan, or Finnegan, I'm surprised he didn't score. Because he, he scored in, in the previous two matchups we had with yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think. <laughs> do you th- I, I, I think they knew with with Jack. Yeah. That you, how you could dangerous still notice he was. him though. I mean. Yeah, you could. He was standing out, but it was pretty obvious that like the club had put notice that like you you need to cover this guy. Yeah. You need to box this guy, and you need to like everyone else. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. But do not let Finnegan beat you because he will run past all of you. But back back to Tino, do you think that this performance along with the Open Cup performance, you know, do you think it's worth giving him at least a bench spot in one of these upcoming league games? I think it's I think it's promising and he has actually been getting a, a bench spot here and there. Uh, I think it's promising, but he is 16 and we do have a lot of guys who yeah. at this point I think have earned a spot in front of him just you know it's a long season um and i see him maybe growing into the team like alan torres did last year 
Yeah, um, it's That's possible. Exactly it's, same as me. It's possible. Come July, August, we're seeing him. You know, come off the bench uh, more more regularly in actual league games. Even yeah. just to provide some of that youthful exuberant energy that like Torres would do. I um, wish I wish I knew what that was like anymore. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, back in the day. Yeah, I know. but I think he is worth is keeping on the bench. It's just tough because so you have Wheels, you have Macias, you have Connor T, who also hasn't put a wrong foot in. You have Wolfgang. You have so many guys. Our Isidro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like our midfield is stacked. Lucho, yeah. like you have is. so many guys that you can put out there. I'm sure he. He should be on the bench because you never know, especially if you need a goal. Yep. But, I mean, it's not because he's not putting in the work. It's just there is quality and in I, front of him. And that's not that's a good thing. And right? that's just it. I think I think for me it's the main thing is for a kid like Tino, you just want to get him comfortable playing professional soccer. And whether it's playing here or playing somewhere else, I mean, if this kid goes on to the MLS and is doing well at the MLS, we can say, yeah, we, we remember this kid. Yep. I mean, so for me, I think the thing is, is for Tino, is just any time he gets a chance to be out there, it's great. Yep. But I think for him, it's just learn how to be a pro. Yep. And that's that's what this is about. And to me, I, I actually, I really love the fact that, like, he's here at sure. 16, learning how to be a pro from guys like Mitch and Wheels and Zemo and... Derek and Cheney and you know yeah. these guys same, that have they've been with, doing it for a long time. Same that's with a, Julio Benitez. She's yeah, 17 absolutely. Years old, you know, and absolutely. and that's a guy that we haven't you know people haven't really talked about him because he hasn't he, he hasn't really gotten a lot of minutes. Yeah, um, but he played well. He played well in this game against UW. Yeah, um, didn't do anything where I thought that he was like he looked like he was out of his depth. Had good, you know, good com- you know comfortable in the ball. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, didn't do it. Like I said, I think when you're that young. And you get a chance to play as long as you're not doing anything to where people are like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, that you, if you're invisible, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's kind of where you want to be. Yeah, unless you're an attacker, me not noticing something you're blatantly doing is a good thing. It's a good thing. Sure. That's a good thing. So. Sure. Anyway, we have waffled down for a little bit. We've got two okay. guests coming in, uh, so let's go to that. Uh, Let's talk with Stephen Payne and Jacob Cruel, and we will be right back after the interview. All right, we are here with Stephen Payne and Jacob Cruel. Thanks again for joining us, guys. How are you? Uh, We're doing good. Thanks for having us. The wingers. Yeah, we're doing well. Thanks. (laughs) The wingbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we've got, uh, as I mentioned pre-interview, we've got some questions for each of you. The whole point of this is to help fans get to know you guys, and uh, hopefully that way they feel a little bit more connected, sing a little louder on match day. Um, if they see you out uh, you know, at the grocery store, uh, don't just walk up and say uh, weird stuff to you. They'll say things like, Hey, we heard you on New Dogma, and, and you guys. There still might be some weird stuff. Yeah, I was just saying, that's yeah. say, still kind yeah. of fucking weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like Chris Fox. Yeah. Or, it's... you know. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> or, hey, guys. Hey. I heard you on New Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Steven, we'll start out with you. So yeah. you come from a bit of a footballing family. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, tell us about what what was it like growing up in your family? Where did you grow up? What's your family like? When did you start playing soccer? Yeah, so both my parents uh, are originally from Nigeria, and so uh, it's like a footballing nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my dad never got like the opportunity to play. His parents mostly focused on education, so. Um, he kind of wanted us to pursue our passions and pursue soccer a lot. So he trained us, me and my sisters. And uh, yeah, luckily we were able to, you know, grow into the, the youth system and then to the college level and into eventually into the pros. And so uh, we're fortunate. Now my sisters both uh, hopefully will get called into the national team for the World Cup this summer. Uh, my older sister is playing in Spain in Sevilla and my younger sister is at USC currently and oh, cool. looking to go pro next year. So. Yeah, footballing uh, family for sure. Yeah, what is your what, what do your mom and dad do for work? Uh, so my mom's a PE teacher. Okay. Uh, in Alabama, and my dad's a personal trainer. So nice. just uh, Great. athletes all around. Yeah. 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 So you so you're kind of like what they would define as like a gym rat. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, we definitely. My dad puts us to work for sure. So yeah. So uh, Jake, I'm hoping, please correct me because I know I'm going to say this wrong. Okay. <laughs> you were born in Highly. Heiligenkreuz. Heiligenkreuz. Okay. I said that with a with a German a German accent. <laughs> yeah, okay, he's got yeah, it down. So but in Austria. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long were you there? Uh, first you? twelve years of my life. So, so I was went, born there. So you were born there. Yeah. And then you like went to your schooling there. Yeah. And then like you know did a lot of your primary schooling there. What brought you to the states? Uh, both my parents are from the U.S. They were born and, and raised in Indiana. That's okay. where they are now. And all of our extended families here. And so they, they moved there right after getting married Yeah. Uh, for work. And then they felt like it was time to move back. With inter- They wanted us to get English schooling as well. Yeah. Because we spoke English at home, German at when school. You, so when you say we, what, how many siblings do you have? Two brothers. I'm okay. the middle child. So you're the middle one. Yeah. Me too, so, middle child. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are, you guys, you guys are all just connected. Outside yeah. back you, man. Outside back you. Look at this. Let's go. But no, so like, so you're at 12 years old, you guys made the decision to come back. What was that like? Like all of a sudden it's like, you know, because you've grown up. Mm-hmm. Is it different though? Because it's like you have parents that are like, they're almost like expats at that point where it's like, they're, they're Americans, mm-hmm. but they're raising their kids in Austria. Yeah, it's different as though it's like you know Austrians raising the kids in Austria coming yeah. to America. What was it like for you to like make that trip back to America? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we lived in Austria, like during our time there, every summer we would visit the U.S. for large periods of time, like yeah. a month or two. So we were yeah. pretty familiar with in Indiana. Yeah, in Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Basically to f- see family and just spend spend time with them. Yeah. So when we moved back, we moved to Indiana. So we were pretty familiar we're with in Indiana. Uh, Carmel, just Car- north of Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, mo- moved back. I think the hardest thing was school for me because I was I went to a German school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like writing in print. I didn't know how to do that because we we learned cursive. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. sounds like such a simple thing, but, but my my muscle memory, like I I never learned how to do that. So I had to learn it when I moved over here. How to print. Yeah, like yeah. just write in print. Yeah. See, I, so I'm old enough to where it's like, did you have did drafting you, classes? Did you have did you have handwriting class? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Where you learned cursive? Well, I also yeah, but I I also was in drafting classes, which yeah. is like yeah, man, that was brutal. Yeah. Like they they like focus. 
hella intensely on your printing. Hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. I thankfully I, my dad always wrote like a drafter. <laughs> I was to say, are, are you a good printer? <clears throat> oh, that a hundred percent. Like yeah. it's it's where I you know my handwriting generally is pretty shit. Yeah. But when it <laughs> yes, comes to yeah. printing, yeah, a okay, a okay, a okay. So your hometown in Austria. Mm-hmm. For those of us that don't know, which is probably most of us, what's it known for? Uh, like, like you know, every every town yeah. is known for something. Like I grew up in like a tiny ass fucking town in this in the state, like eleven hundred people. Mm-hmm. We're known though for having like the Twinorama, which is like we used to have like this national thing like every year where like twins from all over the, the world would come and it was the creepiest That's fucking thing I ever do well also like, Sam Oki and Sam Oki good basketball but what was your town known for yeah so the town I grew up in was tiny like, yeah. like super small and what population it, of what I couldn't even tell you I'm not really sure a couple yeah. thousand a couple thousand yeah so like the town I, the town I grew up in yeah okay yeah but there was a, a very like historical church there ah um the original Benedict church like was it Benedict the uh, Catholic, Catholic Church? Church yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the like the original. They, obviously, they expanded it throughout yeah. the years. The original buildings, eight hundred years old. Wow. Something around there. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that that definitely that. The Pope actually came and visited there yeah. when I was in school. Whoa. So our school was right next to the the church. That's big. And he came visiting you know, a huge parade and everything of like yeah. thousands of thousands of people. Did you get to see the Pope mobile? Like, you know, uh, got, like, under- got like the big bubble on like the <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. But our class, our class, like sang a song for him. Oh shit! Oh, that's so you guys were yeah. that close. Where yeah. it was like well, we, in like touching distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And like okay. had, had like had like he has like like his own like secret like secret service, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So and many bodyguards. Yeah, yeah. like it's spears. Cr- yeah, they got, they got spears. <laughs> it's not even like guns. They got spears. Uh, yeah. You show up and and dude's got spears. It's like some. Are you for real? Yeah, for right real. Now? They have spears. Did they have spears? To be honest, I don't really remember that yeah. part because I was so young. Oh, for real. Long time ago. They had a pope song. You're asking this guy, do they have spears? Yeah. They're focused on singing the song to the man. <laughs> dude, I don't know about this. Uh, <laughs> look it up. I have Google. to fact check it. Google. Google. Fact check it. <laughs> I think I think he's fucking with the screen. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Jake, <laughs> when did you first start playing football, though? Obviously playing in Austria, big footballing yeah. country. Um, what was that experience like when you first started? Um, and, you know, can you just describe, like, walking on the pitch, what it felt like, and, you know, the kind of the magic that we all feel when we're important in this game. There, it is, there they are. <laughs> I got the spears. So. They're, they're technically, it? I don't think, are spears. Oh. I think they're halberds. Yeah. 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 I think that's what they're called, they're really halberds. Spears. It's like a combination spear. I know I don't want to get stabbed by that. Yeah. No. That's for sure. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get stabbed by a lot of things. Yeah. How do you that's fit true. that inside the Popemobile, though? That's my question. Is it collapsible? No, you, you, you stack them on the top like kayaks. Uh, right. That makes sense. That's why he's got the convertible strap top. over the top. <laughs> yeah, drop ratchet the, strap. Just drop the top, the top yeah. and just let him sit in the back. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but anyways, Jake, what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to do dog. We're crazy Yeah, let's go. I love it. Um... Yeah, started playing at like five years old. Uh, I remember I just went to a, a training because my older brother had been going. Yeah. And I was invited. Yeah. Um, and soccer's kind of always been the sport. Like I never really deviated from it. Yeah. I, for fun, p- tried tennis. Yeah. Um, but never competitively. Um, at a young age, like 
all, a lot of the schools in Austria, like middle school, like five through uh, fifth through eighth grade, would have like national tournaments, which was awesome. Like I think mm. that's that's something that helped me like fall in love with the game, because um, at that age, like you're so you're still so young, but we were like playing tournaments in front of our school. Yeah, and the school would get out to come support us. Yeah, which is big. Right? Yeah, because it's like all your friends, and it's yeah, like, you know, it was a blast. It was yeah. so fun, and so I think that really like allowed me to to fall in love with the game, and then yeah, moved to the U.S. when I was in seventh grade, yeah. and just started which club we'll get over to. here. So, so, question for you, like, I mean, no, know, knowing what it's like to grow up in the states, I mean, you're you're, you're obviously a, a little bit younger than me, a little bit, not like half my age <laughs> but when when I was growing up like soccer was definitely not like the popular sport right like, it yeah. just wasn't the thing like so I imagine in Austria this was like not just like a I'm going out for such and such a sport because mom and dad want me to it kind of sounds like you you kind of fell into it by happenstance because you showed up to like your brother's thing yeah and we're just everyone played it, it. Yeah. Every kid played yeah. it. You, know? you were good at it, and but you found out you were good at it. Started playing for this, and your, your whole school would come out. It was probably a lot more of a cultural thing than it yeah. was just like being a sport that you did in in school. Yep, definitely. So, uh, Stephen, yeah. this uh, it's not your first time playing and living in the Upper Midwest. You no. were with Chicago Magic and yeah. Lake Forest Academy. Yes, tell I us, was. Tell us a little, a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so I was guest playing at a tournament with Concord Fire uh, in Georgia at Disney, and I got scouted. I was playing against the Fire, and uh, yeah, they told me to apply to Lake Forest Academy, and uh, yeah, just my parents like love the idea of like going to like a boarding school and you know like they value education a lot so um, applied and got in and then started playing with the fire and then ended up having to leave them and go with the magic Um, yeah that was my sophomore year and my junior year I started playing with the magic and uh, yeah coach Louis Matus who was the director there he's uh, with uh, Rockford he loved him he was my head coach and helped me a lot helped me grow as a player and um, I loved my experience down there for sure, my high school experience, and fortunate enough to get called into the national team there, and yeah, from there it just kind of took off, so wow. loved it a lot. Explain that experience with the national team, what that was like. Um, so yeah, that's when like the, the Development Academy started, and we went to a DA tournament in Sarasota, and uh, yeah, just played against a couple of MLS academies like Real Salt Lake, and um, yeah, some other teams and national team scouts are there and it was literally just like, yeah, like I had a good game and it was like just called me in and just was fortunate enough to go with the national team, be there for a week with the with the U18s and um, yeah, it was a fun experience. A lot of good players, good quality say, players. Who were some of the players that were in camp with you um, back then? Jackson Yule yep. was now with San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, Miles Robinson was there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember everyone. I think Mokwele Kelly, he's now with the Tormenta. And so it was just like, yeah, just like a bunch of different players. And it was good a good deal. experience, yeah, for sure. Good deal. Yeah. And then, for Jacob, with you, obviously growing up in the Midwest, you're kind of familiar with that. But talk us through your time with the Indiana Fire Academy. What was that mm. like? What was some of the things that you kind of gained from that? And were you always a defender at that point, or were you more mm. in the attack? or? Yeah. yeah, I, I think, think we, we were talking about. Yeah, say, we I might have played we, each other. Yeah, in definitely, the at, definitely at some point. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like, we usually got say, smashed I mean, by just, them. You know, usually like the the location of where these two teams are. Yeah, and your closeness in age. I mean, you guys would have had to have been playing each other. 
The connection sure. was established yeah. then, just from Academy. <laughs> it was established from that moment then. We actually, and the funny thing, we, we actually <laughs> talked about this before you guys got here because Andrew and I have figured out that there was a show, the band, the Deftones, mm. we, it, they, were, they did a show here, and we figured out now that he was 17, and I was, uh, I was 19, I think. Yeah, and I, somewhere around there. And so but we were at the same show. We didn't know each other then. Like, we didn't, you know, but, like, pretty sure we ran into we each ran other, into like, yeah. in the at the show, you know, and so. That's <laughs> nuts. Insane. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. yeah, so at, at the Fire Academy, I, I mostly played left mid. Uh, I, was, I was more of an attacking player in high school and most of college, actually, as well. Um, I think going to the academy. Your numbers speak to that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at college numbers. Um, I think going to the academy. So I made the decision to go to the academy after my freshman year of high school, um, and I think that was an important step just in my development and like, because there's there was a clear difference between high school and academy, and mm -hmm. I think I, I ended up choosing to go to a small college, which a lot of people questioned, but in we'll, in terms we'll of that. yeah, in terms of like the. The, my high school experience I think I developed a lot because of the choice to play academy rather than high school yeah yeah you can see that like what what would you say is the biggest difference that you notice like just between high school level and that academy level and that's something both of you could answer yeah um I think there's still like a lot of good players that play in high school um so like I don't think you can discredit I actually got the opportunity to play both because like with the boarding school like kind of like overlap that way and I was able to play both um, so I definitely valued both the academy and the high school I think high school gave like a little bit more freedom um, not like so much more as like a system like the, with the academy um, I'd say kind of that's like the only like the that's like the biggest difference um, obviously like the academy you have like you know, players that have like bigger aspirations to play mm -hmm. in college and yeah. in the pro mm -hmm. level, uh -huh. um, but they're still like good players at both. So like, right. I enjoyed yeah. both experiences for yeah, sure. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was the coaching. Like, the coach, my academy coach, was a fantastic coach. Helped develop me a lot. And um, like, just com comparing the two, I thought that that was probably the biggest difference. Okay. So, Stephen, I got a question for you. Let's so. do it. You played much of your U19 and U23 days in Portugal. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it like uh, playing there, living there, yeah. all of that stuff? Because it seems English-speaking country. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. They speak a little English, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't speak English. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I loved it. Um, definitely glad that I made the jump over there, and it was hard my first, my first year and a half, because, like, you know, learning Portuguese and stuff, it was like a... It was definitely like a challenge because I'd never had to, you know, be in like a different culture like that. Mm -hmm. But the guys were really nice, and the teammates that I had were really nice, and they pushed me to like learn. And I ended up picking it up, and I speak fluently now, and something that I'm going to take with me for sure. And yeah, I loved living there. I loved uh, being near the beach, and I loved the food. I loved yeah. the culture and everything. It was it was amazing. The weather was good, and and the soccer is good as well. You know, like high level players got the opportunity to play against Porto in a cup match and play against some of those those like great players and you know and so that was just like a great experience i enjoyed it what what's the food dish you miss the most about portugal <laughs> like what do you when nah, you go back because i know you've been back since yeah, then yeah what's the like first dish that you go for and where do you go for it um probably the first thing that i had was bacalhau con natas it's like codfish they yeah. have, they're really good with, I mean, obviously they're near the sea, so like their seafood is like 
Unreal. Unreal. So it's like really good, yeah. So it's like, it's like a, they're pulling it out of the ocean and then putting it on the Literally, plate. Yeah, yeah. Just straight. That's yeah. Good stuff. But uh yeah, it was really good. Yeah, enjoyed it. I was gonna say they when I went they put like a little patch of fruit drizzle Ooh, on it. Yeah. That was, that was delicious. They that know what fantastic. they're doing with food for sure. Oh yeah. Especially yeah. seafood. Alright, Jacob, so we're talking about your college years. Um, you mentioned a little bit that you went to a smaller place. Mm-hmm. You went to Spring Arbor University in Michigan. Um, it's an NAIA school, yep. not an NCAA school. But in 83 appearances, you had 23 oh goals and 50 assists. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the assist part makes a lot of sense. 50 fucking assists. See, that means you were averaging... About 14 assists every year. Did you have a year where you had like 20 plus? No, I never had 20 plus. I think. Did you get close to 19? Uh, yeah, I think I was pretty consistent in like the teens. Yeah, like yeah. 13, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> 50 dimes, fucking man, right? assists in four years, dude. Dimes, man. So, but like, the thing is, too, and I, you know, and I don't think a lot of people understand about like, you know, soccer and the collegiate level here in the United States. It's very, again, very Super physical. It's it's yeah, very yeah. physical. Yeah. And it's very, the talent level is very fractional. Mm-hmm. The difference between NAIA and NCAA is very m- small. Very small. Yeah. Um, what was your experience in like being there and like why did you go to choose a small university as opposed to, you know, going to Michigan or Michigan State or, or Wisconsin or Indiana? Indiana. Mm-hmm. Or Indiana, who's a, a massive powerhouse of a school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the biggest reasons was the bigger schools. I didn't really have scholarships to go there, and that was a that was a big part in the sense of like uh, financially. You know, I was I was offered a good scholarship at Spring Arbor in a D two school uh, in Indiana, and the biggest swing for me was the culture and the coach at Spring Arbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach was Nate Miller, who's head yep. coach at San Diego yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Assistant coach was Tim Daniels, who's assistant at San Diego right now. Yep. And those guys knew what they were talking about. Yeah. And so when I went on my visit, it was it was very clear to me from my experience that like this was a good place to go and um, have a good like college experience, but also develop under these guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, it seemed like, I mean, Nate Miller definitely tormented <laughs> Us in uh, 2019. In the one year. Yeah. He's coaching for Lansing. Yeah. 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 He used to coach at Lansing. Yeah. yeah. The one. Yeah. That one. Like, you're hearing him playing right now, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, Armando, like, like, Armando has been laying did, it on thick oh, with the music. Did, 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 he, did he put <laughs> Samande on just for us? I think he might have. Oh, man. Nah, he can't. This, like, this is, our, this this is, is one of my jams, dude. Yeah. This is one of my jams. So, this is question is for both of you yeah. being familiar with usl one having played in other clubs potentially against each other yeah also like yeah. you know the club that you were at steven last year won like the regular season title yeah, essentially we don't, speak, we don't speak that name right now yeah but, uh, but, but <laughs> you know for the masses the, but, the question yeah. though is what about madison stood out to you as a place that you wanted to yeah. be um it was definitely like i always heard good things about uh, madison like i was really close with my center back from last year jalen chrysler mm-hmm. and uh yeah we're just letting the people pass a little bit but um yeah jalen chrysler he played here and he always said good things about ford madison and how he loved the city and 
even before like I even like talked to Matt or anyone, he would always talk to me about the experiences here. And then once I ended up talking to Matt uh, while I was in Portugal, he just talked to me about the project and the plans that he had. And, and yeah, that just like drew me. Like I was always interested. Uh, you know, after he talked to me, showed that like my value, like valued me as a player, and and I was like, yeah, like I want to come help the team and, and bring a title home, hopefully. So. Yeah, that's kind of interesting to hear about Jalen because he was only here during that 2020 season the pandemic when, right. when yeah. we were in Wabatosa, and yeah. he only played he played less than a game and a half for us before he tore his, tore his knee. Up. Tore yeah, his yeah, knee yeah. Is done. Yeah, he loved but, Madison still that much, so mm-hmm. that speaks to the volumes, I guess. Good deal. Good, Good deal. Stuff, How about sure. you, Jacob? Uh, s- similar. Like I could see that uh, the coaches saw value in me as a player. And you always want that wherever you go is yeah. like that the coaches value you. Uh, the a, a big one for me was like to be able to play in front of fans again. Yeah. Uh, didn't really have that in Tucson, um, so that that was a big draw. And then uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, I think when when I was on the call with Matt, that what he kept saying was like trying to build a team that has a team first mentality, and uh, my. My my best experience with a team first mentality was in college, and I loved it. And so, like the fact that he was trying to build that uh, was was a big draw for me, and um, wanted to be a part of that. So, you, so you both have mentioned kind of like playing in front of the fans here, and like. Um, and Jacob, and you, like, and you played in front of you Omaha, yeah. where yeah. I mean they have they have a fan base. Yeah, they show up. Fan, fan base. Yeah. They show up. Yeah. I mean, but Definitely. how does that fan base compare to? What we're doing here, or in or in Richmond for that matter, or in Richmond yeah. for that matter. I'd say, yeah, it's like pretty like on the same level. I think I think it's like a good battle with the the Richmond fans and the Madison fans. I'd say like probably like the two best fan bases in USL one. I would say, um, yeah. And I remember playing here last year and like getting heckled and stuff, and it was always like rowdy and stuff. And I was tell like, Mitch Osmond that. Yeah, <laughs> he thinks we're too nice. No, he thinks we're, no, no. He thinks we're too nice. No, I yes, think you guys are great. No, but um, yeah, I remembered that from last year, and I was like, you know, when started talking to Matt, I was like, yeah, it would be a good experience to play here and play in front of these fans, and it's been good so far. So, oh. yeah, yeah, uh, like you guys said, Omaha had had good fans, um, so it's pretty similar to that. Uh, I would say one of the things that things that sticks out to me the most about here with these fans is like you guys never stop singing during the game you guys never take a break and i i would say that's a little different from what yeah. i've experienced yeah 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 all right so we can't let you guys escape out of here without asking you some at least one technical question all right let's go um, dig deep so so far this season you guys have been slated opposite from each other on the wings yeah Kind of, you know, the, kind of that the left wing back and right wing back side, yeah. wing back university. You. Like you know, back. Um, so because of this, fans have become accustomed to you guys making these bombing runs. You know, kind of in from the wing and uh, creating havoc with your movement and with your crosses. Yeah, is this the style of game that is most comfortable for both of you, or is this something where it's you're being asked to do it and it's just kind of something new for you now that you're just kind of embracing? Yeah, I felt like uh, in Richmond it was similar. They wanted us to get forward, but I think Matt gives me a lot more freedom to really like go for it and use my abilities to really like get in behind and stay more forward. Um, obviously, I still have to like the first job is always defensively, but um, yeah, I like the system more. It's definitely like I feel like happier. I feel like more free. 
uh, as a player. Um, and yeah, so hopefully I can uh, get like this guy and uh, get some team of the weeks as well. You know, we have like a little, you know, battle sometimes, you know, we try to push each other like in a competitive and healthy way, you know. Um, you know, I try to do well and he tries to do well. And so, yeah, that's it. Is it something like whoever gets team of the week has like the next, that guy has to buy lunch? We could start doing. We that. should start. Yeah. Now, now we can start. Now that he's had yeah. three, now we can start. <laughs> Two teams in the week and a bench. <laughs> Let's go. There you go. Now he's killing it. Um, I I love like the way we're playing. I think one of my um, strengths is crossing the ball, and yeah. Matt as allows we, me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Matt allows me to do that, and um, yeah, I, I'm just thankful that like are you, you left footed? I am, yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> let's so. go. Heck yeah, yeah. I, I'm just glad because, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a defender, but like, I also have a strength of crossing the ball, like, um, yeah. uh, from maybe deeper spots or maybe getting higher up the field. So, um, I love the way we're playing, and uh, yeah, excited for for what's to come. All right. And then, Steve and I have a question for you. Let's is do Kenny it. Derby focus? So, last year, oh, yeah. you were on the unfortunate side. I was, I was, I was. But now you're I'm on here. the winning side. Let's go. So, what does it mean, like, just to have a Henny Derby, like, what does that rivalry mean to you, you know, as someone that kind of gets to see, like, it up close? Like, what right. does the Henny Derby mean to you? What do you stood out the most about it? Um, well, obviously, I didn't know much about it until, obviously, like, last year when I was in Richmond but always it's another opportunity to win a trophy and so you know as competitors as athletes like we always want like at the end of the day you look back at the end of your career and you want to have you want to have like wins you want to you know score goals but you want to have trophies and any derby is another title another trophy so we want to go there and win that and definitely I have a lot to prove when we go down there so <laughs> I'm fuming at the mouth to, to get down there Good. and uh, bring that home for us. I'll say retain it and I'll bring it over oh, again for another whole match and you guys can all take a picture. Oh so. yeah I want that one let's <laughs> go. And then Jacob obviously with when you're at Omaha they have the green belt with yeah. Greenville so you know like talk me through like what that was like in terms of you know hearing about this you know fan made rivalry and like kind of like this belt and like this that's one thing I think with USL League One that the fans have done a good job of creating rivalries themselves yeah. and kind of promoting it as opposed to the league kind of force feeding it. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about what your thoughts were, like hearing about the belt and the rivalry between Omaha and Greenville. I actually have a question about that. Was did Omaha initially try to make a like a the belt thing with Madison? Omaha yeah. tried to make a rivalry with they Madison. They tried to do a lot of things with us. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you guys shut it down? We, yeah, yeah we, we like, did not nah. show as much interest because it was always Richmond okay. first. Okay. Yeah. So before we go off, we won't get too far into it. Um, <laughs> we felt like a rivalry should be something that is organic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should grow out of like the games and you know and stuff like that. Facts. They came into this and they were like anointing themselves our rivals before we had even played a mm -hmm. match. Yeah. Yeah. And we were and like and they decided to do that by like talking mad amounts of shit to shit us. Shit-talking. Like, mm. by shit-talking to us. And we were like, who the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and so... Well, it, there was that and the... Uh, and, it was, and it wasn't friendly. It wasn't friendly. It, it wasn't friendly. It's like, it was... And it's... it's poisonous. Yeah, it's... A, I'll, it's put, I'll put it this venomous. way. The, the one... The one rivalry theme that was put out to somebody at our club... On the on the, the front in the front office side was shared German heritage mm. derby, correct. Which 
We, to which we replied with, do you mean white? Yeah. <laughs> the white derby? Uh, no, we're good. That's not the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to pass on that. Bro. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So that's kind of so how. That's where it started. started. So Jake. <laughs> and then it was Greenville. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. answer, yes. And we said, get fucked. Because yeah. Yeah. So, we what, love our friends down in Omaha that are, you know, like, you have a good head about Sean, them. Mike, they Penner, love, and they love their Ray, club. And you're all good people. Sean, Ray, Penner. Let's go. You know, Mike. All those folks. Uh, yeah. Good people. Anyway, we'll like, to beat maybe you, kick a ball uh, first before we define a rivalry. Yeah. We can go for hours in this if you want. Yeah. <laughs> We're not <laughs> going to. Not on record, at least. Anyway. So our last question of the well, night. Hold on, Jake. Never oh yeah, yeah that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like when I think back to that like belt with Greenville, uh, I remember when it first started, and it like felt like something more, and then I kind of just felt like I had the mindset of like it was just another game, but. Um, I think that's kind of what the coach instilled to us is like it's just another game that like we need to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. And well, I think also I think one of the games was the final, like for the right. championship. Yeah. So I'm right. sure like that yeah. was in the back of your mind when it's like, oh, we have championship yeah. to get. Which you yeah. didn't yeah. Need right. to play. I, yeah. Well, I think no, 2021. He wasn't. He was with Tucson by that oh, point. Oh shit. Yeah. The no, the 2020. No, 2021. He was there, and yeah. then he went to Tucson 2022. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, me out. the yeah the one was canceled because of COVID, and then next yeah. year got to play. Yeah, but I, I think the fans totally bought into it. Like the fans loved it. Greenville yeah. fans and Omaha fans loved the whole belt thing. Um, yeah, which it looks cool. But if I was an Omaha fan, I'd been like, why the fuck is this belt green? You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what other color they could have picked. So, I mean, I mean, you know, you know all about the all about the Nebraska Big Green, right? Yeah. I don't know. Also, belts are expensive. They the are. question I'll ask you guys now is that's been something we've kind of like debated back and forth is like kind of like where we're located is it's hard for us to have a rival. It is. Mm. It's a lot of travel. You yeah. know, it's like like our closest rival is either Omaha or Lexington. Right. In your guys' mind, like in a, in from just being in the clubhouse for as long as you've been, who's the biggest rival for Ford Madison? Like who's the who's the team that like the guys like seem to like get jacked up for and like want to play yeah like if mitch osmond is like this is the one team we have fucking lies we gotta fucking win this game right now (laughs) i think it's still really talked about it we don't i don't think we've talked about it much i I can't say that word on air can i yeah (laughs) and it's hard it's probably harder earlier probably in the season no you can't say that word because four four or five months from now you guys might have a you might have an answer now for yeah. me it's Richmond still, but yeah. I want to win that yeah. one for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, what, what about Pete? But, uh, yeah, I mean I would say Omaha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Used to play there, and then, I mean also because like I think when I was at Omaha, it was always talked about like the Madison Omaha rival, even though there wasn't like a specific. We didn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was always like these are the guys who are closest to us, and yeah. so like they're our rivals. I think that I think that was the thing, and I think there was some frustration in the fact that like yeah they are. When the, cl- and the old proximity derby. Yeah, right. And I think that it was like one of those things was like they were new and they wanted, they were excited, and they wanted to be a part, and we were just kind of like, mm. Mm. it's okay. Let's kick okay. a ball first. Let's kick a ball first before we we do, we do this. Yeah, because like when the North Carolina people came up, like they were cool as shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
That was a great time. Oh, just Willie and like and Ebony and all those people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The best. The best. best people. And like in our Lansing folks too. Yeah. Like we spent a lot of time like Lansing. And that could have been that could have been yeah. a lot of vitriol. Because like the on the pitch it was vitriol. It oh, was, every like match was that, close. Like every match was oh, close. Man. Those dudes fucking hated each other. I swear once a you week know, I so sober. It could have been bad, but we were like we couldn't have gotten along better. But as every I swear once a week I I get it brought back into my mind the game in 2019 we had where it was yeah. 1-1 going into going into second half stoppage time and it ended 3-2 Lansing win. Oh, that was when Paulo Jr like should have dribbled it out to the corner and held on to it but instead yes. like decided yes. to play with it on the touchline and But get also JC Banks scoring and wiping his forehead with oh. the flag. That's, That's right before we got the scored on again. The Lansing flag. Not the Madison flag, the Lansing flag. I actually remember watching that. Yeah. Because I was a senior in college. Yeah. I I, I was watching that game live, I think. It was a ball move for JC Banks to wipe his his forehead with the Lansing corner. I remember it was an afternoon game, too, because I was at. No, I was an evening game. game. No, I was at home watching that game, I'm pretty sure. Well, it must have started early, because I feel like it was like. It was like a four o'clock. It was still sunny. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, to see JC Banks, like Ric Flair strut into the corner and wipe his forehead with the corner flag. That's pretty hard. Baller move. But to follow up in <laughs> you, the game in Lansing and I told I think you and I became instant friends when we saw that and like started laughing hysterically. But I was going to say, when he scored in Lansing in October, final game of the season, yes. he walked towards the flag and was going to do it again and stopped. That yes. was also a great time. Yeah. Actually, wait. Um, and anyway, so, that was funny. sidetracked. A book that I found a couple of weeks ago when I was down in Texas... Is a book called Moon Lists, which is like a, a, a book for journaling prompts. But we've been doing this thing called Lightning Round for a while where we ask people what what's the current like music they can't get enough of, what's their, their favorite uh, film, and what's like the last book that they read and did they like it. Moon Lists phrases phrases this better. So recently, what have you culturally consumed and deeply loved, discovered or rediscovered, as far as film or television, music, art or books. That's deep. Okay, I can start. So, uh, Thundercat and Team Impala have a new song. Oh shit! Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jake Payne, for telling me that. Um, it's yeah, re- it's really fucking good. Yeah. By, I, the, by the way, Detroit City has just gone up one nothing. I don't want to fucking hear that. I don't want to fucking hear that. No, absolutely not. Open cup time. We cannot have Great Valley Millwall be happy. Anyway. (laughs) So, yes, Thundercat and Tame Impala have a new song. It just came out, I think, like today or yesterday. It is fantastic. I still keep forgetting that Tame Impala is white. I keep thinking he's black. He's he's from Australia. Yeah, that's fair. That's close enough. But it, it, it is one of those where close enough. It's, it's fine. But yes, it's called No More Lies. Absolute. It's shout, fantastic. Shout out to Kevin Parker, though. That dude. He's. That's the thing. Tame and Polly is one guy. It's one guy. Also that. It's one guy. It's Kevin Parker. That's it. Yeah. But no, they got a new song. It, it's great. Absolute must listen. So that Good is my cultural song. Oh, boys. What, where are you going? What you got? No, I, I'm I'm still thinking. Jake, yeah. you wanna culturally consume? The, the mm. main thing that comes to mind for me is I've been listening to a lot of One Republic, mm. that, um, why which Re- I like never listened to before. 
Why? What? So why what, is it catching you? So, lately? so like, what? Like, there's a story behind that. I think so it what popped happened? up on my Spotify as recommend, like recommended. Yeah. Mm. And I clicked on it, and then actually the song from Top Gun, the one where they're playing football on the beach. Yeah. Oh yeah. That song came up, and I was like, uh, yeah, I like yeah, this yeah. song. Yeah. It go. brought back a good memory because big fan of Ryan. Love Tedder. Top Gun, and uh, and then I just started listening through the the playlist and stuck. They have some good songs. Yeah. yeah. No lie, they got some good songs. I guess the only thing I can think of is probably listening to like piano. So I like listening to, you know, like, like I heard like one do YouTube. You I do, yeah. Like when I hear like Interstellar, like on the piano oh, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, so you like, like jazz music? Uh, yeah. Okay. I am a sucker uh, for any song with piano. So yeah. I'm gonna give you a name. Interstellar is. I talked about him on our last po- so on our good. last issue. Um. Ahmad Jamal. Ahmad Jamal. Ahmad Jamal. He just passed away. Um, Without question, is one of the greatest jazz pianists of the last, I'm not kidding with this, 80 years. Damn. He had a 70-year career. Yep. And I sent Andrew an album that he made in the 80s, you know, and it's still just Amazing, just Ahmad Jamal. Ahmad Jamal. So I'll send, send it. it to me. Yeah, send it to the, you. And the name of the album Crystal. is Crystal. Crystal. And but it's like he has so many other albums. And the other thing is, is that when he passed away uh, a couple weeks ago, um, the hip hop community came out because he's had like Nas's "The World Is Mine." You know, Dude, you know, common, you know, commons. Like you know, there's so many samples in hip hop. Right. That had been because of his music. Mm-hmm. And so, Ahmad Jamal. Okay. That's, that's who I'll recommend Definitely to Definitely listen, yeah. So. I love that. Appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the piece about uh, discovering or rediscovering is like a constant thing these days with me. Yeah. Um, I was chatting, actually, Kyle mentioned Jake Payne earlier. Tastemaker Jake Payne, obviously. Um a friend down in Chicago sent me a, a, a track by this band called Koauka, who is a a like a dance hall slash rock city slash reggae band out of Hawaii. Okay. These four Hawaiian Fuck guys. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, yeah, they had an album in 2015 called Strictly Style. That's like <laughs> nothing but just like summer bangers. It's so fucking good. This is gonna come off a lot when the weather warms up a little bit. Look right? at yeah. these guys. No, that's why. Yeah, no, that yeah. Absolute must oh, yeah. play. Dude's that got like the, the <laughs> hot, most ho- the least singer's got the most hockey haircut I've seen for on a Hawaiian ever. That that album cover <laughs> gives me like seventies, like it, it gives me like Sergio Mendes in Brazil. They vibes. spelled strictly S T R I C K L Y. Strictly. That's the way you spell it, right? Yeah. That's the way. Yeah. Alright, so um, the thing I've been consuming is um, I mentioned this on Facebook this, uh, today um, so about 10 years ago I, w- I was handed the book uh, The Awakening of Intelligence by J. Krishnamurti mm. and it changed my life um, every so often I just go back to it just find good quotes and everything here is the quote I found today and this is the one I'll leave you with all tonight um, Intelligent. the book is called The Awakening of Intelligence again mm-hmm. Intelligence comes into being 
when the brain discovers its fallibility, when it discovers what it is capable of, and when it is not. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's what I've been taking in. You know, that's what I've been absorbing this last week. So, but you Mitch. Um, I stayed up till 1 a.m. last night watching Chess the Musical on YouTube. <laughs> Which uh, better to do that than to be drowning your sorrows over the box loss. Good transition. Good, good transition from me, Mitch. For, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Chess the Musical was a musical written by a couple of members of ABBA. <laughs> I love it. About <laughs> fucking amazing. It, it, it was, it. and I got into it because one of the songs from it is uh, Murray Head's One Night in Bangkok, uh-huh. uh, which showed up in a YouTube playlist that I was listening to. That song You never slaps. just have One Night in Bangkok. Yeah. Fuck, that's a lie. I think that's one what night, the song's about. One Night in Bangkok and the World's Your Oyster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I also, quick shout out to a song that was playing over uh, over the radio while we were singing. Uh, Shuggy Otis. Uh, yeah. Strawberry Letter 23. Heard that shit too. Dude, that song's so good, man. That song's so good. Do you I, have I do have one other shout out. What was that? Do you have any Shuggy Otis in vinyl? I don't. But you should, you purple, Purple's a great Purple's a great album, though. I do need to I do need to get some Shuggy Otis. Yeah, you, should, you should. I did I pick up a bunch. Shuggy Otis, too. Yeah. I need to pick I need to pick up a lot. I actually got 10 Kid. albums uh, in the past week and a half. Whoa. So... Look at look at Mitch. Went to went to strictly on oh, went to strictly numbers. on record store day, and then the week before I was down at half price. You're books. a bad influence, Grant. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> Not me, you. But we all know this. <laughs> but I will give one other shout out. Uh, unfortunately, gonna, uh, rest in lie. peace, Harry Belafonte. He oh, unfortunately yeah, passed away today. Man. That that was a bummer. But let's no, give a toast for Harry. You know what? Yeah. At Harry Belafonte at Carnegie Hall. I don't think I've ever been to a record store that didn't have that album. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the all-time like most amazing cataloged, most collected albums of all time. Is Harry, Harry, my Harry dad Benefonte has that one live at Carnegie Hall. If yeah. you're a vinyl collector, you should have that. Yeah, my dad has it. So yeah. no, unfortunately, yeah, he passed away. So want to give a shout out to him. Yeah. All right, Stephen. What's up? This time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been jamming on lately? What kind of music you listen to? Are you reading a book? Like watching I mean, you a film? About the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah piano. piano yeah, I mean, that's but why, that's I want why, a more concrete answer out of these guys. Amad Jamal, right. that's what he's going to listen to. That's what I'm going to listen to, right, for good. sure. Amad Jamal. Yeah, I'm sticking right. with that. There you I'll go. Take it. Once I get it, yeah. That's it. Makes me I'll happy. take it. Boom. John, well, thank you so much. Yeah. No, what, thank you, guys. What can we expect... I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit after uh, on the episode after after you guys are done. But like, what can we expect versus Charlotte? They're on a hot streak right now. Unbeaten. Um, yeah. How are how are you guys preparing for this match? Probably the most offensively powerful team in the league. Outside of Florida. Outside yeah, of Florida. Yeah, exactly. Defensively, surprisingly, they've been good defensively, and that's the shocking part. Mm-hmm. Now, Austin Pack is a menace in goal for them. Until who's, until who's take this one. Until Saturday. Take this? Who's gonna put the uh, eye drops in Austin Pack's water bottle? <laughs> Cheney. Who's also providing assists? You're providing assists. You can make from Cheney two assists from Payne, one assist Ooh, from Girl. Let's go. I was gonna say. I mean, Jake. You should have scored twice. Yeah. First, yeah. Like, probably I five. Should have had a Hattie in five minutes. That's right. Yeah. Is that a nine-goal game? I'll take it. What are we looking at, Steve? No, we're um. We're looking to just come out flying like we did against Greenville. Like, obviously, Charlotte's doing well uh, 
offensively and defensively as well and putting some points on the board early but we're definitely going to come out flying as well and uh, show them what we got so we're just you know preparing day by day training by training and uh, yeah we don't want to change any of the way that we're doing our things we want to focus on the way that we play in our system and yeah just give them everything that we got so should be fun how important is the fan support going to be this weekend yeah yeah it's going to be huge I mean that's what keeps us going uh, it's it, it can rock the opponent um, and yeah it's it's the 12th man so yeah Brilliant. I would well, like to I would like to mention that we are actually higher in goals per game than than Charlotte is and I think we are actually we are actually first in the league which I think might be a first ever for this team mm-hmm. being first in the league Stop in, the count. goals huge. per game. Stop like the count. This is why this is why we hired him guys. Let's go. Yeah. That's what we're he's here the, for. He's he's the knees and numbers guy. Yep. Well, best of the business. Jacob, Steven, thank you so much for joining you us tonight. Thank you so much. Good luck oh, this thank weekend. You guys. Come back. This is fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate right. you guys. Thanks, thank guys. you. Thanks, yeah. guys. Absolutely. Thank you again to our guests, Jacob and Steven. Uh, what a great conversation with those two. Those guys are, I mean, salt to the earth. Yeah. Just as good as good as they come. Um, thanks for being open with us and talking about growing up and you know what it was like to play for their youth teams and things like that. I mean, that was more most of the interview with these guys was yeah. we've we've talked very little about being on this squad and mostly about you know growing up, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so. you know, and I, I I didn't realize too, like you know. Steven, I'm sure, like, buries the lead a little bit just because his, his sisters are playing at a really high level. Like, his, yeah, like, like, he kind of just dropped that in that, like, he's going to have a, like, his sister plays for Sevilla and is going to be selected for the U.S. national team. No, you know, no, no. And then it, not the U.S. national team. She plays for Nigeria. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. And the other one's going to get called in for Nigeria, too, then. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're okay. both of his sisters are are part of the super super eagles program, which is super dope. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyway, uh thanks again to our guests, Jacob and Steven. Uh we'll have to have those guys back on the show sometime soon. Just silky yeah. smooth voices too, right? Um, oh yeah, good stuff. Uh let's talk a bit about the game this weekend. We play the top of the league, Charlotte Independence at home. There is a caveat here, though. Sure. They are, they are top of the league because they played three more games than us. Yeah, that is I mean, true. I mean, they, you know, they, you know, so they've had more opportunities. However, that being said, with what you were saying, this is still a very, very talented squad and probably one of the best squads in USL1. It's a big game. Uh, so they are still unbeaten yep. uh, as of right now, before this yep. weekend, you know, uh, Three wins, three draws. Um, you know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, obviously you mentioned it. They played twice as many league games as we have. Yep. Um, do you think that's going to give them more cohesion and more kind of just general, like they play, they're going to be playing better together? Or, I mean, I, I thought our guys have looked like they're yeah. starting to pick up on each other's patterns. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think so. 
I mean, I think it's only natural that the more you play with each other, the you know that the uh, the more you're going to start to learn the tendencies of each other. Sure. Um, I am concerned, however, uh, maybe not concerned, more you know, interesting um, that they played 120 minutes last night. Yep. You know, against uh, Char- Charleston Battery in the Open Cup, I, I was going to mention that, and they lost one nil. Yeah, and so I guess the question for me is going to be. Um, what do those legs look like? You know, yeah. and, and the other part about this too is that they played three more games. And so they've got three more games on those legs. And yeah. so um, is that something that in the beginning part of the season can be something? It could be. You know, usually in the middle part of the season is where, you know, the armament games you play to kind of like it's a wash. Right. Um, early in the season, you usually have more legs. And so it's kind of like you kind of go back and forth between – you know, if you play a lot of games, you get you kind of get worn out quicker because you're not you're not used to that that you know playing multiple games a week or however many games you're playing. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I think it's very curious to see because they've played a lot of games so far. Um, I think part of it too is that they have a tremendous you know their offensive attack is tremendous. Um, you know, and I think that you look at who the players in that you know that they're their attack and there's some some guys that have done this for a while and uh, at a really high level and so um we'll see what happens but. yeah so independence have scored six away goals to one home goal yeah scored seven goals in those six games but they've scored six away goals but they also concede more away um another sort of interesting stat the goals that they've scored are spread across seven different players. There's no one prolific goal scorer on their team yet this season. Um, but speaking of prolific players, uh, Madison will be without Jaden Onan this weekend. We will. And um, due to his red card, uh, straight red against Greenville. Correct. And so um, it's unfortunate. He's going to step into that role. I think moral. I think, you know, they'll, they'll definitely know, they'll, doesn't have the pace, but I feel like he offers something different and something maybe yeah. they won't expect. Yeah. You think we're going to play a little bit different stylistically this weekend? I don't think so uh, because Nazim will be back. Um, Interesting. I saw, you know, I saw him, I saw him tonight, uh, tonight and he, um, he seems good. Yeah, you know, it's, I it's, I, it's a good thing that no one is listening to this podcast so that they don't get this insider scoop information about Nazim yeah, being I, back this weekend. So, mind you, this is me assuming he's going to be back. Gotcha. So gotcha. He, didn't, he did not come out and say he's going to be back. He just said that, uh, you know, obviously he picked up a, you know, a little nick, uh, which we discussed. Um, yeah. He's doing like he's doing doing great, feeling great from that. Uh, Ramadan is over. So he is on the process. He's in the process of like enjoying eating again and uh, drinking, back wa- up. drinking water and getting his strength back and stuff. So um, he did not say he's coming back, but knowing Nazim, if he can play, he probably will. Yeah. will be out. Will be out there. Um, do, you, do you think? I he's think we're also be... going to see our new favorite as well. Interesting. Um, Wolfgang Amadeus Prentice the you third. You think so? Yeah. I think hmm. I, I think it's you know he really showed played well I think in the the UW match and showed that he uh, he's really good kind of like creating that space and just 
having the ball in in space, and he yeah. would be kind of playing in the role that Jaden would be playing as well. So yeah. So we mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago. Charlotte are coming off a midweek loss last night yep. in the U.S. Open Cup versus Battery. Played 120 minutes last night. Uh, so far this season in USL one, they've drawn with Omaha. They've drawn with North Carolina. Somehow have already played Richmond twice. Draw yeah. the drew them once, won one of those games. How how is it they scheduled those games two weeks apart? I, at, I right at the start of the season. Such fucking stupidity from the league office on this scheduling. Just stupid it, it, shit. I, I mean, and it's like, how the fuck do they have six games and we've only had three? Yeah. Silliness. I mean, and I'm like, I, I don't understand. Like, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of fucking games. I'm like, usually teams are like, you have like one, maybe two, three games at this point in the season. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but there's a lot of things that the USL does that I don't understand. But speaking of the US Open Cup and speaking, I mentioned Omaha slightly there. There's a record crowd last night in St. Louis for their US Open Cup game. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been just brutally spanked in front of 22,000 people? Uh, no. In front no. of three people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, but, knew, dude, I knew it. I dude, knew it. I, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I grew up in a, you know, with a Mediterranean mom. I mean, my mom's, my mom's, my, you know, she smacked me in front of the high school one time because I was giving her lip. So, and, so yeah. it wasn't a fun spanking. No, it was a, it was, you know, no, but no, I definitely like, I definitely played, you know, games where we just had our hand, just our lunch handed to us. Yeah, that happens. But no, not at, with a crowd like that. And at the level um, of a importance record crowd for a U.S. Open Cup game in right. the third round, in the third round anyway, in the third round. Yeah. I mean, and now. We can't Testament. we can't really say anything, right? Because we weren't there. We can't really say anything, right. but you know, and they, you I've know, they never got... been had the shit kicked out of me in front of twenty three two thousand people. No. That can't feel good. No, can't feel you good. You just gotta wonder what those Omaha fans are feeling like right now. I you know, they're probably salty, but that's kind of their general That is true. Know, that's kind of their general state anyways. And so I just want to take a little moment of silence for our friends in Omaha who are on hard times tonight. Okay. That's good enough. Yeah. That's good for me too. (laughs) Just to be, but no, I mean, you know, kudos to, uh, you know, our friends down in St. Louis, uh, you know, Sarah Robertson with the Lulian. And, and we do uh, have friends that, that live in Omaha that went to that game and they kind of yeah. traveled to that. Yeah. Uh, what, by the way, it must be fucking nice to not have to drive, you know, like a fuck ton of miles to get to like a, th- a, a third round game opponent. Well, I mean, again, if we would have done the job, we would, we would have the same case as we would probably be in Chicago tonight. Fair uh, enough. That's still a two and a half hour drive. That's true. One that's true. way. Well, what is it from Omaha to St. Louis? Probably I don't too. know. I'm not gonna fucking look up maps and shit. What I wanted, what I will do, is remind everybody we've got our second live call-in show this Sunday at 11 a.m. Sunday Looking seance. Forward to it. Looking uh, forward to it. a a re- sort of reaction 
after the match on Saturday night. Hopefully we're in good spirits. No guarantees though. You know how it works. It's soccer, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be, uh, this is one that I'm actually, you know, I'm wondering how we're going to be on Sunday. Um, Cause this is a game where I'm, I'm not as confident of a win as I was going into Saturday last Saturday. Yeah. But um, I still believe in the boys as we'll get to um, in a little yeah. bit here. I feel good about it. Uh, about this weekend then. Uh, yeah. But by the way, rounding back real quick, join us on, on Sunday at 11 AM. Uh, watch our socials. Uh, if you're a Patreon backer, a thank you for backing us. You're the best. We don't make any money on this. Even with the Patreon, we're still yeah. losing money. We're still yeah. losing money. Yeah. Uh, but thank you to the folks who do help us out. So it doesn't cost us as much. It's only five bucks a month right now. We are going to change it uh, at some point soon and add some other tiers that will allow people to get our, our print magazine uh, yep. included in their, in their Patreon backer uh, tier. But as of uh this will be our second live call-in show on Sunday. Please do call in. Uh, it was super fun last time. The more folks yeah. we have calling in, the the you know like the more fun it is for everybody. Uh, Absolutely. As far as this weekend though goes, Grant, uh, Charlotte, uh, what's your prediction? Who do you think is going to score? Uh, Lay it on us. Um, I believe you met. You kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, Charlotte scores on the road and they also give up on the road. Yep. So I'm going to go three, two Madison. Um, who do you think is going to break down this like ridiculously, uh, inform Austin pack goalkeeper? Yeah. Um, I, I think don't, I'm just tired of the fucking puns yeah. uh, from the league office on, on, on social media. I'm sure Austin Pack has heard all these jokes before, by the way. Yeah. Like probably in like, you know, kindergarten, pre-K maybe. Your last name's Pack. I'm sure you've heard it. So oh, I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your prediction? Uh, Scoreline, who's going to score? So I think Chaney's going to get one because he gets one every game. That's what he does. Um, so he'll get one. Um, I think... I think uh, Jake Kroll's going to finally find the net. He's been close. Um, I think he's going to find the net. And I, so. I think uh, I think Morrill will have one as well. Yeah. So. I So you think it's going to be 3-0? 3-2. 3-2. 3-2. Yeah. Because I think that uh, they get goals from two, two of their powerhouses, whoever you, you know, whoever you want to name. So. Yeah. I'm hoping for a one nil. That's I you know I was thinking about that too, but I think it's gonna be one nil. I think it's gonna be a mostly frozen out game. I think it is gonna rain again. I, and I think Matt is going to be playing it very safe as far as uh like yeah, we're gonna have a go at them. But the, like you've mentioned, they have a really good defensive unit, which is new for them this season, Like at least as far as their USL one days go. Uh, Austin Pack is playing fucking lights out lately. I think it's gonna we're going to have a lot of shots, and I think he's going to have another good night. I hope he doesn't, but I think he's going to. Um, I think the goal is probably going to come from either Mauro, uh, 
maybe Francis, if he's playing this game, I I feel like Francis is probably going to slot into that number 10 position. You think he'll he'll still play that position where where Jaden was? I think think he's going to. That's That's very possible. I mean, you know, I think right now, especially the UW game, the big part was him getting minutes. And he got great minutes and got a goal. So, yeah, very possible. So, yeah, who knows what this weekend's going to bring. I just want another three fucking points. Come on, boys. Like, get it done. Like, keep on climbing. Keep on climbing. Yeah. And I I mean, look, I think if we do score more than one, Cheney's absolutely getting the other one. He might even get the one. Who knows? Uh, The guy looks unstoppable at the moment and still looks super hungry. Um, he is somebody who is living up to the hype, uh, as far as like, just the, just the excitement yep. around his signing. I think he's been, um, great for the locker room too. Absolutely. Um, the guys seem to love him. Yeah. The guys love him. His personality, he's got a huge personality. Um, the guys, you know, seem to love him. I'm sure they, he gets on on their nerves too. The guys, kids love him too. Yeah. You know, but, uh, Ultimately, it's like, you know, he's just got that big, gregarious personality, which you can't help but fall in love with, you know. Absolutely. So that's great. You need guys like that in the locker room. That helps bring yeah. more of your, in, you know, in a shell type, you know, guys, helps bring them out, you know. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for listening, everybody who tuned in today. Uh, thank you to our guests, Jacob and Steven, absolute peaches slash diamonds of human beings. Great guys. Uh, we'll chat with them again. I'm, I'm sure. Um, like I said, keep an eye on our social media, uh, or on Patreon. If you're one of our backers for info on this Sunday's, uh, live call-in show Sunday seance, it's our second ever, please help me make it, uh, be the best it can be. Um, and, and that means call in, um, you'll sit in a little waiting room just to explain some of the logistics around it. You'll sit in a little waiting room. We will announce in the chat who gets in next, uh, and and then you'll get to chat with us. Uh, you can listen the whole time that you're so, sort of in the waiting room. Uh, you can also watch that live on YouTube or even afterwards on YouTube. We, we post a video up there from our live stream. Uh, here's to three points this weekend. Uh, sure. Let's fucking get it done and, and, get, and start climbing that table. Uh, and as Grant always says... Be easy, everybody. See y'all next time.